Everyone has emotions and emotions take energy. Energy takes time. We all know that we need a financial budget, but did you know that you also need to manage your emotional budget? And just like a financial budget, you will be more successful if you can manage your emotional budget. Some of you might be saying right now, I can't. My emotions overwhelm me. I don't have control of that. You do. You can learn. And we're going to go through steps to be able to do that. There is tons of even conflicting advice from influencers to professionals to maybe even your family and friends. But what we need to do is find out what works for you. So why should you listen to me? Well, I'm a mental health professional with over 20 years of clinical experience, but really I'm a very emotional person. And even as a child, I was kind of taught that my emotions were not in control and that they were not good. I now know that my emotions are normal and I am a sensitive person and that's okay. And I can instead kind of twist that and say, my passion, I can use my emotions to move forward, to help people to do things. So I'm going to give you three solid steps to give you confidence over your emotions. And it's going to change your perspective. And it's something that you have not heard before. Now you want me to say that this is going to be easy, but it's not. It is simple. Three words that you will remember indefinitely. Think, organize, and choose. And if you continue to do that and make choices in line with being able to think through your problems, organize them, and make choices in line with what you want, you will be able to manage that emotional budget. So let's get started. The first thing is stop overthinking. And I know that sounds harsh, I'm personally an overthinker also, but really to be able to think through your problems, organize them and make choices, we have to learn how to stop overthinking. Overthinking is debilitating. Have you ever started thinking about a problem and then that problem is like, yeah, but this and this and this, and before you know it, you're talking about all of your problems And you're somehow connecting them together. In some of us, that's naturally how our brain works. If I can do it, you can do it. I'm an empath. I feel everything. My brain is going nonstop. If that sounds like you, these techniques are simple, but they may not be easy for you. It's just like going to the gym. You have to practice controlling your thoughts So how do you do that? There's lots of techniques and people that talk about this of, you know, meditation, yoga, deep breathing. And my patients always tell me that that doesn't work. I tried that. It doesn't work. But how do you stop overthinking? I'm going to tell you how I do it. I go for walks. It's about finding yourself, finding what works for you. So walking works for me. Getting around water works for me. Just taking some time. Prayer, meditation, not a specific technique, but also just in a practical sense, you can't always do those things, right? And so just being able to know that you can 
control your your thoughts. You can stop overthinking. You can take it and we're going to talk about in the next lesson of being able to actually organize those things. Step two is to organize. Now, it's important to go straight to organization because when you get yourself to stop overthinking and want to address it, you have to be able to move forward. This organization piece is what is missing in a lot of advice that you're hearing. Even cognitive behavioral therapy talks about the way that you think impacts your choices and your behavior. And that's what cognitive behavioral therapy is all about. And this is based on those theories of cognitive behavioral therapy, but the organizational piece, this is new. And without organization, you're, you might be trying to make good choices, but you feel like you just keep going back to your old habits. You might go back to overthinking, avoiding. And I often have to go back to step one and say, stop overthinking. And I often have to get out a piece of paper, which we are going to do today because it's important to, to kind of write things down. That's what an emotional budget is. So you stop that overthinking and now we have to organize it. Why does it matter? Why does organization matter so much? So when you think about the plethora of advice on how to handle your emotions, let's start with positive psychology, right? If you just focus on what you're grateful for, focus on the things that are positive in your life, then you will feel better and you will be more positive. And that is true. But what happens when someone dies? Or what happens when you are working really hard for something and it doesn't happen? When everyone is going to experience hardship, and I sure, I'm sure you've already experienced hardship. And yes, we incorporate that positive psychology, but we also have to do it in a realistic way and organize the things that are going on in our mind and in our life. Think about manifestation and all the advice around, around manifestation. Like if you just believe that these positive things will happen and you increase your vibration, then you will bring those things into your life. And I believe that there is some truth to that. But I also struggled for 10 years to save my son and he died. And I believed that he would be healed. So you can see how I struggle with just manifestation. What about people that talk about action advice? You know, just do it, just do it, right? And that that is true. We we need to be taking action. We need to be making the choices that we're, we'll talk about in the next lesson. But we need to organize those first because different emotions, different life experiences, different thoughts that you're going through, you might need to do different things with that. And they're impacting you differently. So I'm going to go through with myself on this managing your emotional budget. And we have a link for you to be able to download this worksheet for free. And I teach in the Mentally Strong Method, kind of going even deeper in this organization. And you can see that at the top of the um, emotional budget that we're going to go through. But basically, 
if you can organize things into how much control you have over them, um, or in this case, we're doing past, present, and future. So oftentimes in these things, positive psychology, manifestation, they don't talk about the past. What do you do with the past? We have no control over the past. So why spend energy there, right? We're talking about our emotional budget. How much energy are we going to be spending on the things that we're thinking about? And that is true. We don't have control. However, if we have experienced things that we didn't learn from or grief or trauma or things that just don't make sense to us and we don't learn to process them, they will come out in other ways. The present, that's what we have the most control over, right? And, you know, people often talk about, you know, being present in the moment, finding that peace, finding that happiness. But if you're like me and you're an overthinker, you often are thinking about the past and worrying about the future. And, you know, being able to realistically a lot time and energy to being in the moment, being in the present moment without neglecting what you need to deal with from the past and preparing for the future. So the future, some people say we have no control over, but we do. I think there is something to positive psychology and manifestation, and we have control over some of those things by our current choices. So the choices we make today likely will impact us in the future. So this that's why this is broken down into past, present, and future. So as you can see, I actually went through this worksheet myself. And if you know my story, there's a lot of things in my past that I'm still dealing with. The actual morning that I found my daughter Maya dead is very traumatic and I have flashbacks and it's and it's impacting me. So you see, I wrote that there and I put a seven because this was only a year and a half ago and it is still pretty significantly impacting me and taking about 10% of my energy. And then I go on to just the, the grief of losing Maya is it's, is different than the, that morning. That morning was trauma. You know, losing her is grief and that's still a seven. Grief of losing Reggie, uh, about 5%. And the intensity is lower. That was about um, almost six years ago. Being an empty nester, like now all my children are grown or gone. And, you know, what? who am I and what am I doing with my life, right? The, you know, unanswered prayers. I have a lot of spiritual conflict from, you know, believing and, and praying for these things and them not happening. And that's a spiritual conflict from my past. If you, I go even deeper this feeling of not, I'm not good enough goes all the way to my childhood and being afraid of making decisions has to do with my past as well. And so I put those things in my past. I gave them an intensity rating. That means like how intense do I feel that feeling and how much time or energy am I spending in that, that space, right? Then going into the present. I often kind of say some negative things to myself, like everything is hard. Um, I'm, I might even be addicted to kind of this fight or flight response. 
and I'm trying to kind of heal from that. And, um, but it's definitely still comes up and it's taking my energy. I sometimes go into like all or nothing thinking and that wastes my energy. Um, feeling like I'm not smart enough, uh, that, that maybe I could work really hard and not be successful. Right. So these are negative thoughts that as you can see here, I still have a percentage that, that wastes my energy. Right. And then going into the future, um, you know, life is not fair. My husband also has the same condition that my children passed from. And so I'm a caretaker and kind of having decisions around that and what is going to happen with him. And can I trust God? Can I trust myself and being able to have use positive psychology and manifest and then business decisions and the percentage of, of time that I'm, I'm doing those things. And so the first part of that is just kind of, remember, we're doing the emotional budget and we're just writing down realistically the intensity and the percentage of time and energy that you're using on those things. And then on the bottom half, I want you to think of it like, what is the goal? And this is where my organization is different than what a lot of people talk about, right? Yes, we want to be in the present moment, but the reality is, is we need to be concerned about the future so that we can make choices in line with what we want. And we need to deal with the past. And so what I'm saying here is that our goal should be no more than 30% of our time energy is being used on the past. And if you've been through therapy and you've done a lot of this work, it may be a lot less than 30%. Right now, I'm still struggling with enormous grief and that that is still a, a large percentage of my um, thought process. And so, you know, I put here, you know, ten, at least 10% of my energy on continuing to heal from my grief, 10% like learning from past mistakes and 10% kind of dealing with the spiritual conflict that, you know, I'm struggling with. And so making the past less than 30% of your time energy. Okay. Not that it's zero because we can always be learning from our past and, and our past is always going to creep up on us. But budgeting, what do you need right now? Now, if you're in the thick of something, you have trauma you've never dealt with and it's coming back in your life, grief, you know, recent grief or, or anything, whatever is coming up for you in your past, if you need to take that whole 30%, then do that because that's what I'm doing right now. And then for the future, we want to allot 30%, but 30% on the positive end, right? So I put here, um, you know, I still have to care for my husband and I still likely have a future loss. And so there is um, things that I need to do and decisions I need to make and I need to think about them and, and be concerned with them. 
but stop the negative thought about it, right? Because that overthinking that we talked about in step one that we stopped is that rumination where you just keep going and, and then you just pile on more negative and more negative. And I want to be a successful business owner and I want to be successful in sharing my story to help others. And so I need to be able to think through that process as well. And so I gave 20% to care of my husband and 10% to business because I don't want more than 30% in the future because what, where you're going to get your energy, where your energy is going to be preserved is being present in the moment, making decisions in line with what you want in the future, but enjoying and being grateful for what you have now. And so I'm Xing out all of those things that I put for the present moment because I'm wasting energy in those negative thoughts. And likely you are too. And so take away those negative thoughts and let's try, well, let's get at least 40% of our energy in finding peace, contentment, happiness, joy, right where you are right now. And for some of you, that might be very difficult. You know, people are dealing with all kinds of hardship. And, and you should, you should deal with the past and you should deal with concerns from the future, but making sure that as you're doing your budget, that you're finding at least 40% of the time to, to be present today. Now, when I talk about organizing, we we've organized this and, and I, you know, I encourage you to actually make your own budget but also making choices in line with what you want for that future. And we're going to talk about that in choices, kind of being more specific there. But if you look at the top of this worksheet, you know, it talks about core connections, triggers, trauma. These are things, you know, that you can go deeper into and find ways to process those negative thoughts and behaviors and current addictions, that's your present problems. Address those on a daily basis. And then in the future, you know, there may be injustices. You may have just been diagnosed with cancer. You may be worried, anxious about lots of things. You may not have a spiritual relationship that you trust. Those are all future concerns. And you can use some of your emotional budget for that but making sure that you kind of dive into those categories as well. And we teach that in the Mentally Strong Method. Step three, choices. We all know how important choices are. It is in every kind of positive psychology manifestation. We've talked about um, action things like knowing that we need to make choices that are good for us and good for others is you know, pretty universal. But this is a a perspective shift again, (laughs) because now you have that organization piece and you can make choices using your emotional budget as to where you want to spend your energy and stop wasting energy, get rid of those negative thoughts, 
but still process the realities of your past. So we're going to start with um, a well-known Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Kind of makes it look simplified. Like if you just provide these things for someone or if you have just had um, these things provided for you, you will get to the point of self-actualization and really understanding yourself. But I want to challenge that because choices are multi multifaceted. They're conscious and unconscious. They're influenced by the past, present, and your future concerns. And that's why we all make choices that we wish we didn't make, whether it's something simple of eating a chocolate cake when you're trying to, to lose weight or, you know, bigger things that you might consider a mistake. When I look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I say, okay, when I was a child, I was provided for um, as far as my psychological needs, physiological needs. I had safety. I had someone who loved me and I belonged in a family. But I never really had self-esteem. I started working on my self-esteem probably in my 30s. And so where's that disconnect? And I think that happens with many people is that you know, that self-esteem, self-actualization never happens. And so when we look at Maslow's, I want you to take the top part of that triangle and just think about self-actualization. But first we need to know ourselves. And this is important in learning to love yourself is that you have to know yourself first. And then you have to like yourself in order to honestly say that you love yourself. We talk about self-love all of the time, but we don't teach it. So let's start at the bottom, knowing yourself. How do you know yourself? Well, we've been talking about this thinking, organizing, and choosing. And if you know how and why you make choices and you start to like those choices, that gives you that understanding and knowing yourself and moving you into that liking yourself. So what happens when life starts to give you things that are difficult, choices that are difficult, stressors, or even happy things? All of those choices that we make starts to get us to that point of liking ourselves and loving ourselves. So you have to think of loving yourself as, as a process of your life, not just this place that you should already be. Another part about knowing yourself is understanding what we've been talking about with the overthinking. If you're an overthinker and you're constantly using your energy in that overthinking mentality, you might know yourself well, but oftentimes negative thoughts get in there and you don't like the things that you're saying to yourself, or you could be avoiding. These are two opposite ends of a spectrum and both are unhealthy, right? We shouldn't be avoiding, nor should we be overthinking. So that in and of itself is a choice. So if you think of it as a continuum, you're going to try to get yourself in the middle of that continuum. You're going to organize your brain. You're going to go back to step two and organize that. And then you're going to make sure that you're making choices 
in line with what you want, you want yourself to be, and that you like yourself. And so this last image just kind of puts it all together with these choices here on the side. The triangle represents life. And we need to know ourselves, like ourselves in order to love ourselves. But that includes the choices that we're making each and every day to take care of ourselves, to take care of others. I love it when I'm able to take care of someone else. And that brings me joy. I like that about myself and I'm learning to love myself. So these are choices is not just, oh, I'm going to choose to go on a diet or I'm going to choose to go to you know college or, or whatever, those life choices. Those are, those are big life choices, but we have a choice every day to do these three words, think, organize, and choose. And doing it with this mindset of learning to love ourselves, because that's the process, that's the journey, and getting to that self-actualization. But what can you do right now? Don't forget those three words, think, organize, and choose. What can you do? Stop overthinking, but that doesn't mean start avoiding, right? It means thinking through your problems. Organize them. Create an emotional budget. Choose. Choose with a mindset of knowing yourself, liking your choices, and ultimately loving yourself. And I'm Christy Bundakamara, psychiatric nurse practitioner with over 20 plus years of clinical experience and significant hardship myself. And I have learned and continue to learn how to help myself so that I can help you. So share these videos, subscribe, follow. Um, Let's revolutionize the culture of mental health.